Support the team at Waggle Golf. Local Minnesota brand and oh-so-comfortable clothing. Best hats, shirts, hoodies, and more. Endorsed by Bucigrass, Carlo Koliakovo, and most importantly, the Soda Pod. Check them out at GetYourWaggleOn.com for the best damn golf apparel in the United States. GetYourWaggleOn.com today. Now back to the show. When And welcome into another episode of MNCAA. I'm your host, Nick Maxson. A little bit of a different episode this afternoon as we were recording on June 2nd here. It's full swing into the conference finals of the NHL. So what we thought we would do, since there isn't a ton to talk about in college hockey, um, I think we're going to save the Arizona Coyote debacle for a different episode probably next week because um, there's a key vote happening down in the city of Tempe to whether or allow proper negotiations to continue forward on their arena proposal. But I thought, let's take a look at some of the impact players in the playoffs currently that maybe have had some college experience. So as always, join us, uh, NHL uh, God, essentially, Alex Micheletti and then Ryan Stieg, uh, NHL God 2.0. So, uh, gentlemen, thank you for joining me. And uh, again, thanks again. Would that would that make me a demi god if he's? I think he's- so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <bro. laughs> I can't. Uh, you know, it's uh, yeah. You just you're up there, Ryan. We'll put I'm it to you that I'm way. Okay. You're up there. So let's talk about this a little bit. Let's set the stage, everybody. Right. So Eastern Conference Finals, uh, Tampa versus uh, the New York Rangers. Western Conference Finals, Colorado and Edmonton. Everybody's picks, I'm sure. Uh, no, just totally kidding. But I think most people had Colorado in there. I think a few people would have had. Had Tampa, maybe Florida, the other Florida team, but unfortunately the other one took care of business in the second round. But let's talk some individual players, right? Some players that have been making some impact that have had college experience. Let's talk about the number one player statistical-wise, and this is defenseman Adam Fox uh, for the New York Rangers. Just an unbelievable uh, playoff career so far. Uh, in these playoffs, 15 games played, 20 points, 5 goals, 15 assists. Uh, Alex, I'm going to actually throw this to you first because we, we've, we're seeing kind of a – a new wage defensemen that are coming out um, into the NHL. And that is uh, you have guys that can only play obviously and, and keep pucks out, but really can almost be like a fourth or maybe even fifth forward um, up in the offensive zone. And Adam Fox, um, a Norris trophy winner, as well as another finalist. Uh, I think he kind of fits that model. Does he not? <clears throat> yeah. They're, they're bringing the college game into the NHL now. Um, You know, you know, a lot of, a lot of college hockey is driven by, you know, the D, you know, creating offense for, for teams. And, um, yeah, it's, it's exciting hockey to watch and, uh, it's allowing smaller guys to make it in the NHL too. Um, you know, uh, Kale, Kale McCarr and, uh, you know, Adam Fox, you know, they're not the biggest guys in the world. And, um, you know, to have, take advantage of having like a fourth forward, like you said out there, it's, um, it's, it's a, it makes a huge difference. Um, and you see the teams that are, left in this playoff you know they they have dynamic smaller defensemen that are you know helping create create offense so yeah it's it's fun to watch alex i mentioned another gentleman we'll talk about uh shortly as well kale mccarr but ryan i want to get your thoughts on on adam fox because but you can't really compare mccarr and fox's game i think they're a little bit different but i think what makes adam fox his game so good is just his hockey IQ and how he controls the puck, both in the defensive zone as well as when he chooses to step up in the offensive zone. 
uh, I guess, what do you see from Adam Fox that makes him such an impact player in uh, all three areas of the ice? Well, his hockey IQ is good because he went to Harvard. So I mean, <laughs> that, that means nothing. <laughs> I think that plays a little role, but yeah, that impresses me a lot, but just his leadership quality. I mean, it's not easy for, you know, defenseman to just come into the NHL and have that massive of an impact. And you can only do that if you're a natural leader. And that's what he seems to me like I've never, I wasn't able to ever watch him at the college level in person, but he was a Hobie candidate um, my last year at the committee. And uh, that's what everybody kept ta talking about is what a leader he is and the growth he's made and the fact that he can be that impact person right away. Um, for whatever team he ends up going to. And I think he's shown that he is really impressive to watch. I mean, he's not, I mean, he's not going to be like a guy who's going to be a defenseman. That's going to be like Bobby Orr esque, but he's going to get you assist and he's going to get the puck in the net. And he's going to basically be the cornerstone of your offense. If you don't have a dynamic forward that can take control, you at least have a strong defenseman that can anchor you in that and the blue line so he's he's fun to watch but the uh leadership is what really stands out to me and alex i, I kind of want to build off a point that ryan mentioned too because as we look at development in the nhl and you know as players exit the ncaa rules and whether it's uh you know the the echl the ah the ahl and even the nhl uh minnesota wild fans might know this well as you know matt dumba was a highly touted first round pick and as we know with certain positions it just takes longer for them to adjust and with defensemen you know as ryan said when you can come in almost immediately and have such an impact in the game it really shows you not only their physical abilities as well but also just how they process the game mentally would you agree with that oh yeah 100 percent. and you take a look at a guy like like adam fox i mean he's running the power play he's the quarterback you know <laughs> that's a you know that's a, such an important position um you, you take a look at another college guy who uh, was basically out for four months and Scotty Perunovic uh, and another Hobie guy. And, uh, you know, he was quarterbacking the top power play of the blues and, you know, without a ton of NHL experience. And he looked like a natural out there, a top four defenseman. And so, yeah, it's, it's, an, it's impressive to see these young guys you know, step in uh, at such a difficult spot. I think, uh, defenseman and uh, center are the two hardest, you know, spots to you know come in and make an impact um, in the in the in the uh, in the NHL as a as a young guy or a guy coming out of college because um, you know you have so much responsibility out there. Heck, you, you take a look tonight. Uh, you know, in the first period, Kale McCarr basically shut down Connor McDavid going at a hundred percent, you know, hundred uh, speed, and Kale McCarr was you know. Uh, skating backwards and made it look effortless. So, I mean, it's, it's incredible to watch, uh, you know, these young guys in the amount of skill and how smart they are to, you know, step in and, you know, go against these vets um, that have, you know, a ton of experience in the league. And Ryan, since uh, Alex brought up some really good points with Kale McCarr, we, we should probably mention him too, a guy who's been very impressive himself. Uh, this playoff run, again, um, yeah, 11 games paid, 16 points, four goals, 12 assists. But again, it's not really the maybe the points that Kale McCarr really catches the eye. It's just how quickly he plays, how quickly he skates his transition game. And when we relate this back to college hockey, as kind of Alex mentioned, you know, has, is it the speed of the game that has morphed where the college game has kind of taken more of that form where you have 
a five man offense almost. Maybe we can look back at the 08 09 Red Wings that really did really well with that high offensive cycle. Um, is it a product of that? And are we starting to see sort of a, an infiltration, you could say, of the NHL game where you have maybe not the biggest defenseman, but guys who can play smart, they can play angles, but also chip in offensively? I think it's a little bit of the second part. You're going to see a lot of guys who can really do it all. I mean, the, the stereo. The, the stereotype of defenseman for years has always been you're big and you can deliver hits and spend a lot of time in the penalty box. <laughs> That's like the stereotype for defenseman for like years. You mean but... it's Scott Stevens? Yes. Yeah, that, <laughs> that kind of defenseman. It, it, you know, I mean, when I was starting to really get into hockey, those are the kind of defensemen that I was, you know, learned a lot about were just big guys who maybe didn't a whole lot on offense, but, you know, really anchored the blue line. Whereas nowadays it's like, it's almost like you have to, if you're going to really make it as a defenseman in the NHL, you can't just be that guy necessarily anymore. You have to be a a guy who can do offense, who can be excel in the power play and the penalty kill, and be able to score goals. Maybe not at the level that your forwards can, but you got to be able to do every little thing that you that the forwards can do on the ice. That basically anything the goalie can't do is is what you have to be able to do pretty much in the NHL right now. And I think that it's changed a lot, and it's 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 more fun that way and uh, i feel like you can have a longer career doing that um than just simply being you know a specific role you can actually have a bigger impact bigger trade value and people will value a lot more and alex when we talk about player comparisons right when we look at current nhl stars let's throw kale mccarr and adam fox in there i believe that they're both nhl defensive stars in the current game and we look back at some guys that maybe you can compare them to I'm not sure if there really is a direct comparison to them because, again, the game has evolved so much. I mean, the only thing that I can come up with Kale McCarr is he's just a defensive pretty much position player of another guy in the Colorado Avalanche, and that is Nathan McKinnon. Yeah, it's 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 incredible. Yeah, he's uh, – Kale McCarr is the Connor McDavid of defensemen. I mean, he impacts the game. You know, just if, if Colorado did not have Kale McCarr, you take a look at their decor, and it's – I mean – uh, you know, Devon Taves, another college guy, um, you know, Eric Johnson, none of those, I mean, and Sam Gerrard's are for the playoffs, but there's nobody that compares to him. And they, I don't think they'd be where they are without, without him. Um, so, I mean, he's that important. Uh, I think he's a top five player in the game, you know, right behind McDavid, Dreisaitl, McKinnon and Matthews. I would, I would put, I would put him as the, as a defenseman right behind those four forwards. So yeah, it's 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 incredible, um, just you know how he how much he impacts the game. And you know what an advantage too, Ryan, when you have a guy like Kale McCarr, and we talked about how, you know, w- when you're going up against Connor McDavid, the I would think all of us in the same room would think he's the best player in the NHL, skill wise, talent wise, speed wise. I mean, you can't really shut down Connor McDavid, but you can limit his chances when you got someone who can almost match his speed on the back end that plays such a smart game in Kale McCarr. Um, is Edmonton kind of, I wouldn't say their best weapon is out, but does that change the way that they have to approach the game? Because now you have to rely a little bit more on your depth to produce and maybe generate more offense when you have a guy like Kale McCarr who maybe sticks by him and limits what Connor McDavid can do, at least to a little bit. I think it does change it a little bit because it's, you know, when you have a superstar like Connor McDavid, you can just look at him and be like, okay, this guy's going to get us like two goals a night, or, you know, we can have that dependable part of that offense. But 
you know, when you have someone like McCarr who, you know, if he was on the, my last year on the Hobie committee, you know, Kale was the, ended up winning the Hobie that year. And he, he's such a great player, not only as a defenseman, but just overall. And just people kept talking about his ability to just clamp on to opposing players and just limit their chances, be not a leech, but what is it where like a creature like latches onto somebody and then just doesn't let go and just doesn't allow a bear, to maybe. <laughs> a bear is a good latches on and doesn't let go. Ask Elibra's Golov; he's got some stories on bears. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, that's what he might. He's the kind he can take a guy off his game. He can take a turn. It can make a team change its strategy. And I feel like if Edmonton wants to keep up with Colorado, and they almost did you know, an 8-6 game in game one, you know, they're going to have to really get everybody be able to contribute. You can't just rely on one guy. And uh, depth is important for every team, but I feel like at this stage of the game, it's definitely, it's even more important than originally in the beginning of the playoffs. Alex, I want to get your comments on this because I saw you sort of, you know, biting your tongue at this one. Uh, was my analysis of McCarr versus McDavid right, or am I completely off the the beaten path here? No, I, I think it's uh, it's spot on. Um, you know, those, those are my, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those are my those are my two favorite players to watch in the league. Um, you know, they just like I mentioned. Uh, you know, McCarr's the McDavid of defensemen. I mean, those two. You know, and Vasilevsky are you know they they're the cor- cornerstones of the of the positions that they play. Um, you know, it's, it's our generations of, you know, uh, he, Ryan mentioned Bobby Orr earlier, uh, and Wayne Gretzky. I mean, it's, they, they are so far ahead of everybody else at their positions. Um, you know, it's, we're watching something very special on the ice and to see those two play against each other. I, I mentioned it earlier, um, in the playoffs when, uh, McCarr played Roman Yossi um, it, watching the two uh, top defensemen go at it was fun. And now we get to get to see, you know, uh, McCarr versus McDavid and Drysidle versus Kadri and Ratnan. It's uh, yeah, this uh, you got a lot of the top 10 players in this, in this Western conference uh, series. It's, it's, it's so much fun. Hockey fans, the pursuit for the Stanley Cup is on and DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL, has an unbelievable offer for the most exciting playoffs in all sports. New customers can bet $5 on any team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what, win or lose. Looking to turn a small bet into a big payday during the playoffs with DraftKings same game day parlays? You can do just that. Create your own parlay by combining multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more. It's your shot at an even bigger payout. DraftKings is safe, secure, and reliable. Best of all, you can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So what are you waiting for? Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code THPN. Bet $5 on any NHL team to win and get $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code THPN at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. A lot of fun to watch out. Let's talk about one NCAA player that, unfortunately, the team was knocked out. This would be Johnny Goudreau of the Calgary Frames, uh, former BC uh, Boston College 
Judge Eagle. Um, Ryan, I'll start with you. Uh, for Johnny Goudreau, uh, again, pretty impressive in terms of his numbers. Uh, 14 points in 12 games played, although only three goals. So 11 assists in this playoff year, a pending unrestricted free agent um, with the Calgary Flames. And uh, how about this? Um, for you talk about smaller players. We've already had this discussion before. Uh, I think there was a lot of chatter around him and, and sort of a rebound year uh, and that he needed. And I think he proved it over 100-point season. It may have been the most quiet 100-plus point season that affords had in quite some time. Uh, for Johnny Gaudreau, another NCAA guy, I mean, and who was what, maybe five foot four? Am I right on that? According <laughs> Pretty, pretty close, but, uh, you know, for a fourth-round pick, I think he's done himself pretty well here for, for the Calgary Flames, who unfortunately weren't able to get past the uh, the uh, the Battle of Alberta and the Oilers, who now are, again, as we talked about in the West Final. Jenny Gaudreau gives short people hope. Let's put it there. <laughs> 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 like, you know, like, because, I mean, in, in every sport these days, I mean, isn't like a guy has to be a certain height be considered you know draft worthy i mean like you can't be a you can't be a short quarterback anymore you can't be you know a short player in many ways anymore on the ice either so it's it's fun to watch him he's been i he's been doing this for years i mean he won the hobie in 2012 with boston call or was it 2012 or 2014 i can't remember 2014 i believe yeah never mind he led them to a national title in 2012 but 2014 he um had his monster year and he's i thought he would be the guy you know to maybe get calgary to the promised land and that maybe it was going to happen this year and uh but just calgary i think just ran out of gas um in the postseason against Edmonton and just didn't have the weapons, but uh, he's, he's probably been my favorite player to watch, you know, maybe top five in college hockey since I really got into following it. And uh, just the speed he has and the stick handling ability. And he scores goals that a lot of guys can't pull off that, that odd angle goal that he managed to sneak in <laughs> under the bar <laughs> from an, from like a tilted angle. It was just, I, I love watching that goal. Cause it's just fun to watch. But, um, he's, he's, he's just an amazing player. And I think he's probably done in Calgary. That's just my bold prediction. I don't know if it's really all that bold, but you I heard think, it here first. <laughs> <laughs> I think he's, I think he'll probably find somewhere else. Um, but, you know, if this is his last year, he really made his presence felt. 115 points in the regular season. I mean, you don't hear, you don't see those kind of seasons very often anymore. Um, it usually takes a select person to play at that level, and that's the kind of player he is. And Alex, speaking of Ryan's bold prediction, a lot of uh, analysts out there have him linked to Philadelphia, which I very much scoff at. I would not want to be – if I'm Johnny Gaudreau, that's not the first place I'm looking. If I want to win hockey games, maybe it is you want to win a very big and very expensive contract, which we have seen with Chuck Fletcher. Um, Wild fans are, would be very keen to that. Uh, but the one thing I watch when I see Johnny Gaudreau is not only his vision, but also his patience too. Um, I think he exudes a lot of patience in situations that a lot of players maybe wouldn't have. Um, what do you see out of Johnny Gaudreau? Yeah, I mean, like uh, like Ryan mentioned, I mean, he's 5'9", a buck 65. So, I mean... <laughs> so, I do have hope. <laughs> I mean, he's he never gets hit. I mean, I remember... Uh, I'm a big U- USHL guy, and I remember when he was on Dubuque, and 
Uh, you know, they were starting out new franchise and I mean, he's, he's scoring at every single level that he's ever been at. Um, and the guy never gets hit. Um, and this day and age for that, uh, you know, uh, to happen, it's, it's impressive. You know, it's, it's more, uh, I, I say it too, in the playoffs too, you see guys that are very skilled. Uh, and then when it comes to the playoff time, you know, it's almost the mental game has to be better than the skill game um, because you see a guy like Kevin Fiala, um, you know, <laughs> struggle. Um, he's one of the most skilled guys in the league, and he had, what, 16 penalty minutes um, in that St. Louis series. Yeah. So you have to be very, very smart. And, um, you know, I I said it uh, multiple times this season. Uh, I thought he played uh, on the best line in, in hockey with uh, Kachuk, and Elias Lindholm, who's also not very, another very smart player, and they just had ex- elite chemistry. Those three, and uh, you know Johnny, he just knows where to go uh, on the ice, um, you know, to score goals. Um, he gets in the areas where um, you know you have a really high percent chance of scoring, and he almost uh, he almost likes you know dishing the puck more than scoring, uh, and mm-hmm. it helps having a guy like Matthew Kachuk on there who <laughs> loves shooting the puck and. Uh, getting under opponent's skins and uh, yeah, you know Johnny Gaudreau is basically the prototype um, a power play guy that you want in, in this day and age. And um, you know if he gets space, you know good luck <laughs> as a penalty killer or you know the guy you know going up against that line. And like Ryan said, I think they 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 just kind of ran out of steam. And then you know Edmonton made the brilliant move to um, go um, you know superpower. Uh, first line with uh, McDavid, Dreisaitl, and Evander Kane. I mean, man, that is <laughs> – I don't know how you defend – you know, you got three mutants out there and, uh, <laughs> you know, guys that just absolutely just, uh, you know, just lethal scorers. So, yeah, it's just – it's it's unfortunate. But, uh, you know, you also mentioned Philadelphia. Well, you know, Chuck Fletcher is hoping that uh, BC influence um, has – <laughs> As you know, influences Johnny because you got Keith Yandel, uh, you know, former Boston College guy, and then also, uh, you know, Kevin Hayes, um, who's very close to Johnny, and um, you know, I, I could definitely see it happen. You know, you know, it, you know, it's, <laughs> uh, you know, it's hopefully it doesn't turn into a money thing. You know, you you think he's a guy that wants to to win a Stanley Cup, but uh, you know that you know playing with your friends is a uh, uh, is a huge draw too. I, I think. It definitely is. Uh, Philadelphia with uh, plenty of cap space to work with. Again, uh, a pretty abysmal regular season for Philadelphia. Um, some very questionable offseason moves before the 2021-22 season. Uh, so hopefully Chuck Fletcher can right the ship because I believe his leash is also very short there um, in the big city out east in Philadelphia. Um, guys, let's wrap up a couple of other names, former collegiate players. Uh, we're not going to go through them one by one, but just a couple of guys, right? So how about Andrew Kopp, former Michigan Wolverine, 13 points. Uh, Chris Kreider, another Boston College Eagle, also with 12 points, uh, nine goals for Chris Kreider. And uh, you talk about a guy that can stay, too. Um, how about that guy? And then how about this former Omaha Maverick, Jake Gensel, uh, Pittsburgh been well out of the playoffs, but still 25th best playoff scores, eight, eight goals, ten, uh, two assists for 10 points. Um, so even though they've been out for uh, a couple of rounds now, uh, still in the top 25 in playoff scores. And why do I mention this? We're seeing more successful top prospects be generated 
out of the NCAA. And Alex, I'm going to start with you on this one because for the longest time, it's been either the Canadian major junior leagues, the OHL, the QMGHL, the WHL, you name it. And then NCAA has been very much sort of kind of a, an afterthought and i don't say that as any disrespect but just they've had a long ways to go are we starting to see signs of the ncaa game starting to creep up in terms of development to produce some of those top level talents and be compared more closely with our neighbors to the north yeah i feel like i mentioned the league earlier i think the ushl is really uh, um helping develop guys into you know you know future stars um that that league is is tough tough to score in and uh i think teams are being a little bit more patient too and letting letting guys develop in college you know i went to mankato obviously we all know that but you see a guy like nathan smith uh you know he's he's you know played in the ushl until he was 21 um, and then went to college for a couple of years dominated the college game and then stepped right into the nhl and started producing um for those limited games with the coyotes but yeah i think yeah, I think it's the, this, um, you know, kids are seeing the USHL and they're getting guys from Canada to come down and play in that league. Um, and, uh, you know, you're, you're seeing some, some of the, you know, the college teams uh, get uh, first round draft picks. I mean, you look at, you know, Michigan, they had Kent Johnson, Maddie Beneers, you know, the list goes on and on of all the studs that they had. And so, yeah, college hockey is, um, you know, a great place for, for guys to develop and uh, you, you see them, you know, outproducing a lot of the hyped, uh, you know, Canadian junior guys. Um, you know, I think, um, you know, they have a really good off ice, um, you know, you know, strength and conditioning too in the USHL and heck you see NA guys, uh, you know, make it, make it too. So, you know, the, I think the coaching is so great um, in the, um, in college hockey, um, you know, you know, you got Mike Hastings, uh, you know, um, all, you know, name it, Bob, or, you know, Bob Motzko. I mean, all these, all these, Brett you Larson, know, don't forget yeah. My Huskies, so. yeah, yeah. I mean, <laughs> Brett, Brett continues just, you know, you see, you know, last night they get, you know, Leo Gruba, you know, from, from Hill Murray. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, these, these coaches are, are, you are, you know, establishing themselves, the younger, younger coaches that were assistant coaches and now are, are head guys and, um, you know, they're really help helping develop, uh, you know, these guys into legitimate stars and, and stepping into uh, a man's game in the NHL. Um, you know, uh, yeah, it's 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 impressive. Ryan, another coach that you spent a lot of time with this season was uh, Rico Blasi. And uh, I've hyped him up on this show multiple times in terms of the job that he did with that roster for their first ever crack at Division One hockey. And you talk about if you want to talk about a case study in terms of whether it's skill development, whether it's system development and understanding the hockey IQ, look no further than St. Thomas this last year. Honestly, they were, again, I've said this multiple times and it should be just a broken record to me, the, the most fun team to watch in terms of their progression from day one to when they, um, almost took Mankato to a third game <laughs> in the first round of the CCHA. And, and again, it wasn't anything that was, if you're a Mankato fan, I think you we felt pretty confident if it were to go to a game three, you could handle your business. But if you were a Mankato fan, I think there was a moment of respect um, paid to St. Thomas's program there that showed that from where they were bounced around pretty 
pretty good at the, the Herbrooks National Hockey Center. It was at 12 to 2, I think, was the game one score against the Huskies to uh, really, you know, pushing their weight around a little bit against Mankato. Um, coaching's all about that. And I think Rico Blasi uh, was some of the coaches that Alex mentioned. Uh, that helps you prepare not only as a teammate, but as an individual, get to that next level, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Rico's, uh, I feel like he's also a very underrated coach. Oh, gosh. Um, yeah. It, it, like he's, he, knows the game so well he can help you be a better player but he doesn't you know get the accolades because you know even though he was at miami you know miami isn't like a pure you know a national powerhouse program he kind of turned it into that at one point but you know it's not north dakota it's not minnesota it's not bc or bu and or michigan and stuff like that so but the fact that st thomas went from a 12 to opener to that kind of a game against mankato where I'm looking behind me in in the press box, and I got fans, Mankato fans, looking at each other, questioning things like, is, "Are we gonna are we gonna blow this?" <laughs> you know, it's, it's it's game one, and we're oh, we've it. seen it happen. <laughs> <laughs> so have we? Just ask AIC. Stars, anyway. yeah, both yeah. <laughs> but it, it was just like, I mean, that's probably the first time I, I've seen that happen twice during the season where. You know, fans looked and it was the Tech game where they went into overtime and they ended up tying a ranked Michigan Tech team. And then in Mankato, we're just like, has this team gotten better? And it's like they have. They, you know, starting your year with a bunch of, you know, couple transfers and a bunch of Division three players going up against really good Division one teams. I mean, yeah, you had a pretty solid goalie in Peter Tomey, but I mean, he was there star if you want to say like a household name maybe would have been peter and uh they went and went toe-to-toe in the second half it was just uh, to go from a disaster in your season opener to you know really giving a good fight to the eventual national runner-up is just a testament of you know rico's abilities and i think uh the players who he's bringing in 16 newcomers who didn't see the release today. Yeah, very, very yeah, good. I saw that. I was like, very oh good God. group. Holy cow. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, as we talked about this before, Ryan too, you know, watch out for St. Thomas next year. Are they going to be, are they going to be a top 20 team? Probably not, but my goodness, they're going to continue to earn respect around the NCAAs and the CCHA here pretty quick. Yeah. They're not, they're not going to be, you know, a distant eighth. In no, the, in the, no in, they won't. They're, um, Am I, am I thinking, oh, are they going to get home ice? You know, that might be a bit of a stretch, but I wouldn't be surprised if they get maybe sixth, seventh, maybe an outside chance at fifth if everything can click really well and some, you know, the other more established teams can stumble or get hit by in- injuries. But uh, I'm going to talk with Rico next week about he, he's really, really high on a lot of his incoming people. So that's – there, it's going to be a fun roster. There's some good, really good guys have some really good stats, you know, obviously not like earth shattering, you know, like some of the guys that, you know, Mankato might <laughs> land, or, you know, some of the other, you know, more established teams, but uh, there's going to be some talent on that roster and uh, you know, maybe they'll actually get that steal that win from Mankato next year. You know, it, it, it could actually be a legit possibility. Whereas, they wrote it was a been a fluke kind of this. <laughs> they don't ask how Ryan, they just ask how many on the scoreboard. But yeah. uh, with that being said, uh, one last question for both of you. Um, 
you know, when we put all this together, right, between the development process pre-NCAA and then the continuation of it in the college ranks, we were seeing these guys, like we discussed before, making not only an impact, but a pretty significant impact. Um, Alex, what does this say about the growth and potential expansion of the NCAA Division One hockey? Because I mean, we talk about growing the game here in Minnesota, and more importantly for the game of college hockey uh, west of the Mississippi River, there's some growing talk about uh, teams like Oregon, San Diego State, uh, UNLV, uh, to really be able to actually erect a Division One hockey program and to solidify the game effectively on the West Coast. Uh, when you're seeing guys like this, is is NCAA getting enough credit for some of the development these players are having? Yeah, it, it's huge. Uh, and you mentioned those teams out West. I mean, it would be so awesome to have like a Pac-12 <laughs> uh, yes. college hockey. Um, you know, you got Arizona State, you know, becoming a, a really good uh, program and and getting guys to go down there. But I mean, who who, who wouldn't want to you know go to the um, rink and flip flops um, <laughs> and all the fun that, to me. Uh, that Tempe <laughs> Tempe brings uh, um, in that uh, you know that college campus. Uh, yeah, um, it's it's gonna be crucial to see you know. Uh, you know, teams like Lindenwood, when they get going um, and Augustana, you know, hopefully they can have some early success and, and show that, you know, some of these um, colleges, um, you know, that, you know, uh, division one hockey can be successful and, and bring in good, good revenue for your school and, um, you know, attract um, not only the, the student athletes, but, you know, students to, to come to those, those colleges, because, um, you know, you see a lot of, a lot of kids now, um, you know, they they love going to D1 football games. Um, you know, that's a big part of the college, you know, experience. And, you know, I think it is too at like Minnesota for you know, going to Mariucci. I mean, <laughs> it's not nothing better than a Friday or Saturday at, at, a, at a college rink. Um, and so, yeah, um, you know, I, I think, um, you know, these colleges – are, are having a huge impact on the NHL and you're seeing every year more and more guys make it uh, from NCAA programs. And it's so fun to see, especially, I know, like Ryan mentioned, uh, how, how cool it is to see them, uh, you know, at the college level, make it to the AHL and then to the NHL and then heck win a, you know, win a Stanley cup. It's, it's pretty cool to see the, their, uh, development. And Ryan, to, to kind of close it out to, you know, as Alex mentioned, right, you know, when you're watching in non-traditional markets, so when I say non-traditional college markets, I should say, so we're talking West of Denver. <laughs> well, they're a different case study, but yes. So, um, yeah, exactly. Um, and we do wish, obviously, that program to find success, but at least right now their biggest uh, hurdle is geographics, and that to me is why I think Oregon is so important for that college hockey push out west because if you can get Oregon involved and UNLV, you've got Arizona State, the two Alaska schools. Now you've got a couple of weekends where you're just across Vancouver Bay there. Um, this makes sense, but in terms of the NCAA's impact on professional hockey, uh, if you're able to get out west, the current success and seeing guys, again, Kale McCarr, Johnny Goudreau, uh, Chris Kreider, Adam Fox, um, is this make if, if I'm out west and I'm a, a hockey player again, California has done such a jump in terms of development, in terms of young talent. Um, is there can the NCAA really push out there and, and make a concrete foundation 
to continue to rise in terms of uh, college hockey development? I think they can. Um, what's it's going to be key to get an establishment west is you got to have schools that are willing to put a big investment into it. You know, um, you know, when Augustana, you know, announced that they were joining the CCHA, they really, they're building a new arena. They're putting a lot of money into it. So, and uh, just kind of making it like that is their, uh, Don Lucia called it the BCS program, which is a little <laughs> awkward, but, like, um, but like that's, hockey is Augustan is going to be a hockey school that's trying that's what they're trying to market themselves at i don't know if the pac-12 can necessarily do that but i mean if you get oregon money you get that nike money coming in i mean that'll oh, yeah. help kill night yeah yeah. Huge. Yep. <laughs> yeah or you know i mean you can maybe get one of the washington schools get the kraken involved the kraken really got involved trying to get anchorage back on stability there correct that um, great to see yeah you know, yeah, if you have the California, I mean, California would such be a huge market to tap into because huge. The Southern California is, it seems surprising to casual fans, but there's a huge hockey fan base down there. Yes, there hey, is. Hey, Robbie Jackson came out of there. Matt Robbie Lightner, Jackson, yes, a bunch if, of yeah. So it's if, yeah. If some, you can get like U- yeah, if you can get like a UCLA or something like that. Um, to, and their proposal too is that the UCLA is 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 looking into it very much so as well. Yeah. I mean, just if you can get just one team to start, like maybe Oregon or UCLA and then add some more, like maybe you could get Colorado out in Boulder. You know, you have a lot of Colorado teams there. You have Denver, CC, Air Force, Air Force, Force still an independent. Yeah. If you can add one of those, I mean, you got another mountain state, I don't know if Arizona is really looking at getting into the Arizona State a whole Not lot. Not yet, no. But uh, but you know, just little bits and pieces. If you can land one team to get to do it, you can get a second one, and then other teams will get interested. Um, I would I would go hoping probably Oregon or UCLA or something like that, just because you have the LA market and you have that Oregon money. You know, with Nike, because Nike pours so much money into that school. I mean, more to the jerseys, but that's a separate corner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Not, yeah, it's like, and Oregon already has some of the nicest club team jerseys I've seen. The big happy duck on the, on the front, yeah, that's, you know. That's yeah, so it's, I I think that the NCA can do a lot and get teams to expand westward but you need to have just one more team i think if oregon and ucla or ucla or some team like that does it i think the dominoes will start to fall and other teams will get you know want to put investment into it it started a little bit with arizona state but i think a bigger more name program or a like somebody in the la market or oregon or washington or something like that i think that'll help really push it so it's it's an untapped market and i think the possibilities are endless out there really and from the information i know ryan is uh both uh, unlv ucla san diego or actually oh, yeah, yeah, I forgot about UNLV. unlv um all three of those are looking and waiting for the end of the essentially fiscal year report for um arizona state athletics and last that i was given information on was arizona state's hockey team was the third largest revenue generator behind football and men's basketball for the Sun Devils. And when you're going into a brand new palace that's there, um, I think there are, I think the dominoes are already aligned. I think you're right. If one falls and again, you need eight teams 
<laughs> eight teams to get a conference. If you're able to get a conference, you can throw Lindenwood in there. Why not throw Air Force? You've got the two Alaska schools, Oregon, UNLV, Arizona State, and maybe UCLA. Boys and girls, we got ourselves a Western Collegiate Hockey Conference out there on the West Coast, and I think it would be fantastic. So The, the resurrection of the WCHA. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to definitely keep our, our eyes on it. And I think, again, if it happens, uh, I think more would explode, and then all eyes will be on Alabama Huntsville because they'll probably be really the only outlier that's left without really a permanent home in terms of a conference. So, But with that, guys, of the uh, second game of the Western Conference Finals on, so we're going to let you guys go for that. Thank you so much for joining us here on another episode of MNNCAA. Be sure to follow us on social media, and we'll see you back here next week.